Trauma Therapist Podcast, episode 323. Welcome to the Trauma Therapist Podcast. My name is Guy McPherson. My mission is to raise awareness of trauma and to help support and inspire new trauma workers through this podcast and my membership community, Trauma Therapist 2.0. Thanks so much for joining me today, and here we go. All right, guys, welcome back to the Trauma Therapist Podcast. Very excited to introduce my guest, Angela Englander. Angela, welcome. Thank you, Guy. All right, so Angela is a passionate and inspired trauma therapist working in private practice in Ontario, Canada. She began her journey in social services, working with children who'd experienced trauma, struggled with mental illness, and had disabilities. Over time, her career developed, and she increasingly specialized in traumatic stress and the impact trauma has on people's lives. Five years ago, she began working towards creating her own trauma healing service, Ways to Wellbeing, and she continued to learn, grow, and specialize over time. Uh, We'll get more into that as we go on in the conversation here. But Angela, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Um, Share with our listeners where you're from and uh, where you're calling from, and then let's, uh, let's do it. So I'm calling from a very small town called Tilsonburg in Ontario. It's a farm town and there's no other really social services in the area. So it's exciting to kind of be doing therapy there and be reaching people who haven't really been able to access the same care before. And where are you from? So I'm originally from the same town, Tilsonburg, and then I went and spent a little over a decade in Toronto to specialize and gain my education. And then I kind of came back. Okay. Now, do you actually live on a farm? Well, I'm kind of in the house hunting process in the moment, oh, okay. ironically, okay. so I'll probably live in Cambridge, but I will be working in an office on the farm. Wow, awesome. All right, so let's start out with a uh, quote or a mantra, whatever, a sentence, something kind of uh, to get, get uh, set the context and to, to get rolling here. What do you have for us? One quote I really love is, she believed she could so she did. And I got this on a plaque from a job I had, and it's really spoken to me ever since I got it. Okay. So she she believes she could, so she did. All right. So when and how uh, did that become you know, resonant for you? Share a little bit about that story. I think it's always been a theme in my life. I just didn't really realize it. And in my life, I found I've had a lot of different obstacles and different barriers to overcome. But one thing that's always stayed with me is my belief. I've always thought, you know what, I can do this. I can, you know, go there. I can heal. I can do the things I want to do. And I really work hard to give that same faith and give that same um, belief to my clients. Right, right. You said you had uh, a lot of obstacles, but even despite those, were how did you maintain that, that belief that you could do it despite those obstacles? I mean, sometimes that's not always easy to do. No, it's very tricky. I think a big thing for me was I would just look at the different routes my life could go and I just really, really wanted my life to go a certain way and I really, in my heart, believed I was meant to be a trauma therapist and a lot of my experiences were building me up to that experience. Wow, that's awesome. All right, so let's um, start off here. Um, You know, we talked a little bit, obviously, about where you're from. The quote kind of set the stage here. Um, But let's hear you know the story of how you got into this field why trauma what brought you here tell us that story Angela 
So it was kind of a long route because originally I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I kind of started out doing child and youth work and it was good. And then I got an experience running a family resource center and I realized, no, I need more education. I need to keep going. So I did my BA. And then along the way, I got a job doing crisis on call at a hospital. And it ended up being pretty much trauma therapy. So when someone was in a fire, when they were in a car crash, when they woke up from an overdose, I would be the one called in to start doing the therapy with them and start that kind of process. And that's what made me know I want to be a trauma therapist and I want to do my master's and I want to do that trauma work. Right, right. So you've got this job. It's on call, uh, emergency-like or emergency uh, services. And oftentimes, what when you go in there, you're seeing uh, one situation, but you said it. you realized that there was trauma. Talk more about, uh, I guess, number one, how you began to discover what, wait a minute, you know, yes, there's addiction here. Yes, this particular incident occurred, but there's trauma beyond that. How did that unfold for you? I think it was a really slow process, but I began to see things that didn't quite make sense with my understanding of the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, the DSM. So I would see people with all these different diagnoses, but then when I would look at them, I would see, you know, okay, they're acting in these weird ways and they have these big emotions and things. But then when you find out more, it makes sense because in their environment, everyone has big emotions and they need to be angry to protect themselves. So they need to have that anxiety. They need to have those things. And I began to realize this is just adaptive. It's just them trying to survive in their environment. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were doing this particular job, where were you in turn? Were you, were you still in school? Was this after school? Where, where were you in terms of your education and uh, career? So this job, I started when I started my BA. I started okay. at Sick Kids Hospital, and then halfway through my BA, I actually got a contract position up in Newmarket working as a children's trauma therapist there. So I continued my, my specializing there in Newmarket. At another trauma okay. center. Okay. So you're realizing that, wait a minute, there's all this stuff going on, but uh, you know, behind that, in a sense, there's trauma. Um, now, you talked a little bit about you know, your personal challenges. H- how did that, uh, or to what degree did that impact you personally? I think it's always been there, but it's kind of like the baseline. It's kind of like... I feel like my experiences, my own healing from trauma has really allowed me to see things in a different way because I don't see it as just, okay, it's their problem or, okay, you know, they did this and this and that or the different, I guess, stigmas that are out there. I can really see, you know, we're all susceptible to trauma. There's no one who's immune from it. And we get this idea in our head like, oh, you know, mental illness, trauma, that that's their problem. Mm-hmm. But anyone who has a brain, anyone who has a mind is really susceptible yeah. Have I mean this just came into my mind. Have you ever been triggered? Um yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I guess a bunch of times. Like when I worked at that trauma center I was telling you about. Yeah. I worked with this mother and from the moment she sat down in my office, everything in my body felt like she was abusing her kids. And the way she would describe mm. different things, it just felt so terrible. Like even now it makes me feel kind of weird thinking about it and it was really really hard I get, had to get a lot of supervision just to feel like I was being present in that space because I just felt mm-hmm. so concerned and I actually ended up talking to CAS about it 
Mm-hmm. So you you felt it. You, it doesn't sound. Did you later learn that it was true? But this is. The, I think this brings up a good point, right? Feeling feeling it is one thing, right? Knowing it uh, is a different thing, and and but that it can impact how you do your work, right? Oh, absolutely. It has a huge yeah. impact. So in this situation, it was kind of a weird situation because it started before I started working there. And it was the mom who'd accused the dad of being abusive to the kids. But along their journey, they realized the mom was really coaching the kids and the mom was appearing abusive. So they had the kids stop therapy and me come in and work with the mom to get just a fresh set of eyes, a fresh person in there working with her. And I never found out the full extent of what happened because we had to end therapy because of, I guess, the different things she was showing in the sessions, the different things she was saying. But it really took me back a step and I was like wow why why would I have this experience what is going on here mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, you know I think inspires me to do this is to really help new trauma healers you know people just starting out on the trauma-informed journey because you know when I was in training and I was doing a lot of commuting I was you know I, I just was I remember myself just driving down the freeway for so you know hour and a half each way and just thinking about clients and what I was doing and I don't know what I'm doing and how how do you did you manage that or maybe to a certain degree clinicians all manage that still but you know the uncertainty not knowing what if it's the quote-unquote right thing how do you deal with that and manage that Angela it's kind of interesting because I think as a therapist you never quite know if you're doing the right thing you never quite know what's going to work for each person. And a big thing is, you know, just trying, just seeing how different approaches work, just seeing what happens. I think, too, a really big thing is being self-aware. Because a lot of people will just, you know, I want to do it the way the textbook says, or I want to do it the way I was taught. But we always have to have a little bit of flexibility and a little bit of being able to adapt to our clients' needs and our own experience in that session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And was that a... a, a- a process for you that came easily was that one that took some doing I know for myself it was when I was seeing clients it was it, it wasn't an easy process at all I felt that I needed to have that validation you know okay this is the way it's supposed to go and therefore I'm going to try to you know implement that but just as you're saying well things don't always unfold that way what was your experience like Well, it's interesting because it's been a real back and forth. I feel like because of my child and youth work and then child and youth care experience prior, a lot of that I brought in. So it was really different. Part of it was, okay, how do I do this technique? And how do I do that technique? And how do I become a full therapist? But then there was also that kind of seeing the child, seeing the adult's experience when they were young, seeing those things from a different perspective. So I think it's been a real back and forth for me, trying to do it the way the books say and then trying to do it the way I believe in. Let's um, talk about uh, an early clinical error, a mistake, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, missteps. But but and how you learn from that. Um, this is one uh, the questions I think that a lot of our listeners uh, learn from, you know, and and just to feel like everyone's, uh, you know, not super uber therapist. People make mistakes. Share us one of one experience of yours, Angela. I think a huge mistake I made was going beyond my limits and really feeling like I could just keep saying yes and I could do all these things and I could do everything and there wouldn't be an impact to it. There wouldn't be a cost. Mm -hmm. And I remember I worked at the hospital for two and a half years, crisis on call. 
And during some of my experiences, one specifically, I worked with a girl and she'd been in a fire and some of her family members had died in that fire. And I just remember after three shifts, just feeling like, like I'd been hit with a brick wall, just feeling like, what is going on? Like, why is this impacting me so much? You know, why am I feeling so off? And just really having to step back and say, whoa, like I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not meeting my needs the way I need to, to keep myself working over the long term. Mm-hmm. So uh, like self, you know, boundaries, self-care and stuff. Um, I'll, I know a lot of times people feel they, they get to the point where it's almost too late, right? Where they become overwhelmed or completely numbed out. Then uh, they realize that, uh, you know, self-care and self-nourishment really is something that needs to be attended to. Did it get to that point where you were just like, you come as, you said hit the wall or whatever? In that particular job, no, because I ended up getting another trauma therapist job that was actually a nine to five right at the right time for me. But I had a more recent experience working in a big, huge private hospital, doing all trauma work, mostly first responders and people in the military and things like that. And there, um, right at the end of the job, I started noticing I was very anxious. I started having nightmares. I started to really um, be impacted by that experience. And that was a huge flag to me, like, this is not the right fit. I need to be taking a step back and really working in a way that's going to work with my morals and values. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in terms of your own experience um, or experiences, uh, you know, you talked about challenges and struggles and so forth. Do you think that, I guess, number one, those, or how do those help you? How do you draw from them? Um, and the reason why I ask this is, I was recently doing um, a webinar and someone uh, asked one of the uh, attendees typed in a question, you know, what if I have my own, uh, I've had my own trauma, can I still do this work? Um, How would you respond to that? I would say that there's a big stigma saying, oh, if you have trauma, you can't, but I think it's the opposite. I think A lot of clients, they know when you can't connect with them. They know when you're judging them. They know when you're biased. They know when you don't get it. They know. And when you've had your own experiences, you can see it from a different way. And you can also not only reflect on your work as a therapist, but reflect on your work as a person. Mm. And just say, you know, if I was this person who just come in and I was struggling with, you know, work-related trauma, I'm struggling with domestic violence, I'm struggling with abuse, whatever it is, what would that be like for me just as a person and just really bring yourself as a person in. I think that's so, so important in our work. Yeah. It just reminds me, and I've talked about this before, but, um, you know, the uh, most recent uh, job I had was in this uh, clinic. Uh, I had worked there for five years, and I was working under a licensed clinician. We were assessing and treating kids, showing early signs of psychosis. And I remember uh, being seeing seeing a particular client, a young kid, and my mom had died. This was about two years ago, and I took some time off. But I went back to work maybe after about a week or eight days, and this client started talking about uh, one of their own family members ha- having passed and that experience, and just being so like somatically triggered by that, um, and and after that, and then going out taking time off again after that but then kind of regrouping and, and having had that experience, it just chilled me out and made me approach what the work I was doing, just as you're talking about as, 
as like a real person, you know, just <laughs> flinging off that that clinical hat that I thought I needed to just have so tightly wedged on my head. And it was a very different experience to me, um, you know, just being a person, being, being, period, right? Absolutely. And it's very humbling, I think. Trauma and even grief is something that really lets us know we're human. It's very humbling. Sometimes we can get so caught up in our heads and say, mm-hmm. you know, my accomplishments, my this, my that. But really, we're all humans. That's the baseline. We all have these experiences. And it sounds like you really worked well to kind of cope with that because it can be really overwhelming. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It, w- it was overwhelming. I mean, you know, of, of course, and um <clears throat> is coming back from that was, you know, you sound like you've, you've realized that too. Was was that hard, difficult for you, that process of of realizing that? Not in the same way. And I think a big part of my journey is I didn't really have a choice. I didn't really have the choice whether I wanted to kind of push it away and not deal with it and not acknowledge it because it's always been there. And I don't, I mean, maybe it's just how I perceive myself, but I don't believe that I could go through my job or I could go through the work I do and not bring in just something that lets people know that I've had these experiences. I don't know what it is, but maybe just mm-hmm. something. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It does. Uh, so it sounds to me like you're, you, the door's open, right? Not that you're just unethically and without boundaries sharing your life experiences but allowing yourself to be who you are and be willing to share who you are that's very powerful absolutely and i feel like some things don't need to be said like a lot of the things don't need to be said but people can still feel them and sense them when they come Mm -hmm. into your office when they come into your space so much speaks about you so much speaks about what your experience is even without you saying a word about you. Mm. I'm just I'm just thinking about our listeners and again the people starting out on this on this journey of becoming trauma informed and there that's so powerful. You know, just even the smallest details are are powerful and can speak volumes. Um, this idea of being willing to you know share bits about yourself ethically and responsibly and I, I feel I always have to you know um, uh, say that when I'm when I'm speaking like this because I don't want people to to misinterpret what I'm saying but um, I mean that that is so powerful and it resonates so much with uh, my own experience and being with uh, therapists you know in my own experience with my own therapies um, let's talk about um, maybe some advice you would have for people just starting out on this trauma-informed journey. Maybe you know people have had some experience as, as therapists or as social workers or as counselors, but they're just starting out uh, to become trauma-informed. What would you say to them, Angela? I would say believe in yourself first and foremost because there are going to be people that say you can't do it. There are going to be people that say you've done something wrong and there are going to be a lot of other people, especially professionals that say, why trauma? That's so risky. That's so dangerous. And the reality is, if you believe in it, if you really want to do it, you'll find a way to keep yourself safe, to do the self-care you need and you will make it work and you don't need to listen to the advice of everyone around you because they don't know your journey. Mm. And how did you... um I guess, or how do you take care of yourself? 
oh man, a big thing <laughs> is just really, really setting my limits, really, really saying, okay, these are the times I'm going to see people. And then after that, I'm going to have a meal. I'm going to go out for a walk. I'm going to spend time with people I care about and really not overextending it. And also giving myself permission to say no. I went through a phase where I would say yes to everyone. And then I ended up having these really, really long days. And I thought, it just doesn't work. You aren't meant to be doing everything all the time. You're meant to be doing what's healthy for you. And then you can refer to other people if it's too many people or if it's not the right fit. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. When you say yes, you mean saying yes to clients, yes to seeing clients? Yes. So yes to working yeah. those late hours when your boss right. says, oh, can you stay another hour? Or can you work some holidays? Or can you can you pick up a few more people? Or can you just do this report or that report right away? There's always going to be something and you can say yes, 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 and you can do it all. And you'll end up in six months very exhausted. Mm. Now, I know, you know, throughout this conversation, there's there's been a lot of like kind of gold nuggets and that you've shared. Um, and also, you, you may have even answered this question, but I want to ask it in a more di direct way. What would you say, Angela, is 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 kind of your uh, kind of personal, quote unquote, superpower as as a. A, a trauma healer as a trauma therapist what do you think really allows you uh you feel allows you to to do this work uh as effectively as you as you are oh man i'm going to have to say just really believing that it's my purpose like really mm. believing i'm meant to do this even though there's a lot of obstacles and i think that belief is just what's gotten me through because a lot of people have said no, you can't do this. No, this isn't for you and set up obstacles. And the only reason I'm here now doing this is because I just believed in myself and believed this is what I was meant to do. I mean, I, I think that is just such a, a powerful message to give to someone who's been impacted by trauma, right? That that hope, that message of hope and empowerment. Um, I, I love that. Um, all right. How about um, some uh, go-to books Book recommendations. Actually, before you do that, I just want to remind everyone that I'm speaking with Angela Eng Englander, and her uh, website is Ways to Wellbeing. That's W A Y S Ways to Wellbeing. I'm going to have that listed up at the show notes page at the TraumaTherapistPodcast.com. Um, uh, how about a couple of go-to book recommendations? What do you have? My favorite is It Didn't Start with You by Mark Wolin. And it's just an excellent book that really speaks to intergenerational trauma and how we can carry things down that happened to our parents, that happened to our grandparents, and the larger impact of trauma. Okay. Then start with you, How Inherited Family Trauma Shapes Who We Are and How to End the Cycle. Mark Wolin, again, uh, previous podcast guest. And I think you said you had another one as well? Yes, I do. It's The Body okay. Remembers by Babette Rothschild. And I think even the title is so powerful. Because we think, oh, trauma, trauma, mental illness, whatever, it's in our head. But the reality is, it's all in our system. We have senses, we have feelings, we have, you know, stomach aches or headaches or body sensations or all these things that tell our story, that share our experiences. Uh, the Body Remembers, The Psychophysiology of Trauma and Trauma Treatment. Again, uh, Babette Rothschild will have all these linked up at the show notes page here. So your um, uh, site ways to well-being and your the work you're doing here how did this come about how did how how did it come about you know what i'm going to start my own thing how did that how did that start 
Well, it's kind of a funny story because one of my electives in my BA was new venture startup. And so I was talking to some other girls I knew. And one of them said, you know, Angela, probably buying a house and starting a trauma center right away isn't realistic. But what if you start a website and just kind of start from there and start very gradually? And so we designed it together almost six years ago now. And we've just kind of went with it ever since. And then she kind of decided to step out. And now it's kind of been my project ever since. Well, so, and the goal is what? To work with a particular uh, population or talk a little bit more about what the goals of the the work is? So my goal, I would say, is to work with whoever wants to work with me in healing their trauma. I wouldn't say I work with one population specifically just because I want to be really careful not to see all kinds of clients with the same kind of struggle and then be really impacted by it. But I really work with How has the trauma impacted you? What is that like in your life? How can we really work with that and support that to allow people to heal the way that's right for them? Awesome. Um, All right. And what's the best way that people can get in contact with you? If they want to get in contact with me, they can email me, Angela at ways2wellbeing.ca. And I will usually get back to them within 24 hours. That sounds awesome. All right, Angela, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do this. I uh, appreciate you uh, being open and, and you know sharing your experiences. Uh, it's, been, it's been great. Thanks so much for having me. Take All right, care. take care. Bye-bye. Bye. CPTSDfoundation.org provides daily recovery support, live group calls, 365 days a year. All calls are led by trauma-informed advocates, authors, and highly respected practitioners in the field of trauma recovery. CPTSDfoundation.org helps survivors connect with others who've walked through the fire of abuse and are on a path toward healing. After working with thousands of survivors all around the world, they know how to help you escape the shame of abuse by connecting with like-minded individuals so you can finally feel like healing is possible. Stop isolating between therapy appointments. Getting re-traumatized with your current strategy is no longer necessary. Reach out to CPTSD Foundation today and discover the life-changing, daily, trauma-informed peer support you've been waiting for. That's cptsdfoundation.org. 